From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we do a deep dive into stories from our radio newsrooms across the nation. Today, On Deadline is taking a close look at elderly drivers. First up, we know that no one wants to be forced to hang up the keys and rely on others to get around. And letting those in your life who are getting older know that it's time to do so can be even harder. But sometimes, the conversation just needs to be had. Recent data shows a significant increase in road fatalities among those who are 65 and older in the last decade. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in 2020, there were nearly 48 million licensed drivers who were age 65 or older in the country. That's an increase of 68% since 2000. Moreover, the Federal Highway Administration says that 29% of all drivers are actually considered senior drivers. That data also showed that for drivers age 70 and older, the crash death rate per 1,000 crashes was higher than for drivers age 35 to 54. Death rates are elevated for the higher age group because of increased vulnerability to injury in a crash. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, more than 233,000 seniors were injured in crashes in 2020. The NHTSA also found that those age 65 and older were involved in 13% of all fatal crashes in 2020, an increase of 26% from the last study in 2011. All of this hard data leads to an even harder question. When is it no longer safe for someone to be behind the wheel? Odyssey's Daily J podcast in Detroit examined if there should be a maximum age for driving. As somebody that is not quite in their 40s, I don't often think about restricting driving as folks age. But earlier this week, a semi-truck carrying 70,000 car batteries flipped upside down in Chelsea when a 92-year-old man tried to make a U-turn on the highway. As we get older, some things do change in our process. You know, vision, hearing, you're on more medication, you know, you're probably not as limber as you used to be, and all these things can contribute to making some driver errors. But we also know that, you know, this group is the biggest growing group right now. Drivers in this age group is about 11.1% of drivers in all crashes and, you know, about 15% of drivers in fatal crashes, but they only represent 24% of Michigan's drivers. So, yes, there are some issues as we get older and they get, you know, more pronounced with certain events that occur in our lives, you know, if we have a medical issue, things like that. But is it fair to say that those are the bad drivers? No, I think I'd rather encounter a senior driver than an aggressive driver. That right there is the familiar voice of Michigan State Police Lieutenant Mike Shaw. So while senior drivers can be a risk, Shaw says they're not the biggest risk. On top of that, The value of driving to our older population must not be overlooked. That according to Dr. Chris Wilson. Dr. Wilson is a geriatrician and professor of physical therapy at Oakland University. It really is important. I mean, and that's really what we really focus our identity on since we're young. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest challenges is that even when you're 75, when you're 85, your brain still feels like you're 25 years old. The challenge is is because the body does experience age-related changes and things related to maybe some diseases we picked up. So there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance between that. And it really, for older adults, is their lifeline. I mean, that really is their ability to engage with the community, engage socially, even foundational things like 
getting food or recreation or going out to exercise. So, you know, the ability to remain mobile as we age really is living. Being confronted with the reality that your driving privileges may be going away is an extremely sensitive topic, and the reactions can vary. It depends upon how much independent they are already, you know, it, so it all depends upon their baseline. And if they're solely dependent upon themselves and their driving, then it becomes a very big shock to them and it is very hard for them to accept it. But if they are already arranged for transportation, they already have family members doing that, then it's not that big of an impact. But I think then the really the topic comes down to actually having a conversation whether you should or you shouldn't be driving. I don't generally say you cannot drive, you can't be driving, unless, of course, it's a dire circumstances. And we always uh, also say to the patients that, you know, let's retire from driving. You know, just like you retire from other things there, you know, for the safety and your own capabilities as you grow older, uh, retiring from driving is much better accepted than you know, uh, an imposition that you shouldn't be driving. That voice right there belongs to Dr. Bibin Diol. Like Dr. Wilson, she too is a geriatrician. She's also a professor at the Wayne State School of Medicine. We know this is a wildly difficult subject. So to Dr. Wilson, I asked, how should we handle this? That is a really, really big challenge. I think a big part of it really does come from acknowledging that their bodies have changed and having a conversation with their medical professional. I've had some success with my older adult patients either talking with me with their family or going to their doctor and really kind of talking about it, but then very closely following up with what the remaining options are. I think that's kind of the mistake that some people make is saying it's not safe for you to drive, but then don't offer a viable plan B because independence is so important to people. And, you know, we obviously are focusing on not driving for safety purposes, but, you know, are there other ways that the person can, can still accomplish their goals? To help address the growing risks, the NHTSA holds something called Older Driver Safety Awareness Week. The administration highlights that several different factors can affect our driving ability, beyond just chronological age. These include medications and medical conditions. They underscore that there are resources available for those who need them, including adapted vehicles and driver assistance technologies. Robin Haberman, the Associate State Director for the AARP in New York, joined Odyssey to discuss the potential risks older drivers face and how they can be best prepared. What are the primary reasons that older drivers start to lose their skills behind the wheel? Is it medical issues? What? Yeah, so safe driving can actually be a challenge, obviously, for people of all ages, but the need to retire from driving, it's really more connected to health than age. You know, warning signs of unsafe driving might be changes in vision or changes in hearing. Uh, slower reflexes, distracted driving, or, um, you know, increased poor driving skills and accidents. But it's really important for people of all ages to really constantly pay attention to their driving skills, changes in technology, those kinds of things. Right. And I mean, there doesn't really exist, or, or does there, a system in which older drivers have to prove that they still have the skills to drive? 
No, LR, you know, AARP really believes that safety is the first priority for license renewals. People should be renewing their licenses regularly. They should be doing it in person. And any sign that a person's driving might be impaired really should be identified and evaluated, but it shouldn't be in an age-based process. It is a safety-based process and skills-based process that we would advocate for. Right. And it sounds, Robin, like I, I went through this with my late dad a, a number of yeah. years back, and it's just, it's one of these things where you notice as the passenger that they're just not great drivers anymore. But at the same time, when you have that conversation of a lot of older drivers, I mean, driving equals independence. They don't want to give up their licenses, right? Absolutely. You know, most older drivers will voluntarily limit or stop their driving when it really does become dangerous. But sometimes like you uh, maybe had to go through, sometimes you have to have that talk with your family member or your loved one. AARP does have a resource online. It's the AARP Driver Safety We Need to Talk seminar that really can help families assess their loved one's driving skills, give them some tools to have that conversation. But we also have to look at what transportation alternatives are out there. You know, somebody might be more likely to hang up the keys if they know that there's adequate public transportation or transportation alternatives available. Because like you said, it really does equal independence. It equals mobility, social interaction, all of these things people really value in their life. So if it is time for someone to stop driving, how are we supporting them to get their groceries and get to their medical appointments and see their friends? Travel patterns have changed, especially after the pandemic. No one wants to be cooped up if they don't have to be. According to reports from AAA, 2023 is set to be the busiest holiday travel season since 2000. And that's just three years removed from one of the slowest on record, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. Predictions currently say that more than 115 million travelers are expected to head 50 miles or more away from home over the 10-day year-end holiday travel period. AAA's Daniel Armbruster joined Odyssey in Dallas to discuss the increase in travel and where people are headed. Um, I'm just curious, uh, you can count it different ways. When does the holiday travel season officially begin and end? So ours has been historically defined as the 10 days between December 23rd and uh, January 1st. Now, of course, some people, December 23rd starts on a Saturday, so you're going to have some people traveling starting on Friday, and of course, they'll be included in that forecast too. And um, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I was looking at the numbers and comparing the Texas forecast with the, the national numbers, and it seems that fewer people are traveling in Texas compared to across the country. Any thoughts on why that is? So Texas saw a 2% increase overall in travel volume and uh, the U.S. see about a 2.2% increase in travel volume year over year. It's really uh, pretty consistent with what we've seen. Uh, Texas, this will be the, the second highest uh, travel volume as well as uh, for the U.S. So uh, in both categories, whether it's Texas or uh, the U.S., this will be the second highest year-end travel volume. And where are people headed? I know you write the destinations. So some of the top destinations we see this year are going to be Orlando, Florida, and Anaheim, California. That's where Disney's located. Also, you're going to have your typical places like Miami, Atlanta, Las Vegas. Now on the list this year, Houston. So Texas uh, will be in the top 10 uh, domestic destinations. And then the top international destination is going to be London, England. London's number one. Uh, any tips for drivers this holiday travel season, other than the obvious ones you always give, which are important, <laughs> which are important nonetheless? Yeah. <laughs> well, make sure 
sure that your vehicle is road trip ready, uh, we're going to come to the rescue of motorists. And the top reason, dead batteries, flat tires, engine trouble. You don't want to get stuck in a roadside emergency, but at any time of the year, but especially during the holidays. Technology in cars and traffic patterns have both changed, but they're not the only thing that's changed. So is the way we age, with perhaps no greater example than the fact that the leader of the free world, President Joe Biden, he's 81 years old. Presidents may not be able to drive cars outside of the White House grounds, but Biden still has the nuclear codes. So that's just to say there's no one-size-fits-all solution for the correct age to stop driving. Health matters, both physical and mental. Healthandaging.org says that some people can drive competently well into their 80s and even beyond, while some people may have difficulties in their 60s and even younger. Signs that a driver may have a problem include getting lost, even when driving short, familiar routes, failing to obey traffic signs or signals, cutting off other drivers, straddling lanes, or making wide turns, and having trouble judging distances. If you're in a car with an older friend or relative and see these signs, Experts urge compassion. They recommend having a calm chat once the car is stopped and that you insist on having that friend or relative visit a doctor. And then one last bit of advice from us here at On Deadline. If you choose to hit the road at an advanced age or at any age, remember to gas up, keep your tires pumped, and if you're taking a long trip, always let someone know where you're going. And if you're stuck in traffic, you can always download a podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you stream your podcasts. Consider some of our favorites. There's Something Offbeat, Name That News, and for true crime fans, holiday traffic might just be the perfect opportunity to finally binge Who Killed Strawberry if you haven't already. This show is produced by Joe Heedy, Christy Strouser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Berry, and I want to say, on behalf of the team, happy holidays. We also want to thank you for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey's serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast to stay informed.